Welcome to Tilly at Home with Scott Stevenson. Scott is an internationally renowned mindset specialist. From working as a deputy head teacher to being the first non-medic to be employed by the US government to work with their veterans based in Asia, Scott believes that no matter your age, income, educational background or culture, everybody deserves to have access to the knowledge and practical tools that can easily bring about and sustain well-being. An important part of Scott's work is to help people regain their confidence and identity, especially those who have either witnessed or gone through domestic abuse, high-level traumas and emotional neglect. His 25 years experience expanding over 80 countries has also included providing coaching and mentoring to clients that are pushed to the limits of their physical and mental well-being. These include members of the GB Athletics Team, Ultimate Fighting Championships, the UFC and the Criminal Investigation Department, CID. Scott's passion and experience from working within the educational sector has provided him with the opportunity to work as an advisor and trainer for corporate and educational leaders within the UK, the Cooperation Council for the Arab States of the Gulf and the Dubai government. It was so great to speak to Scott and get an understanding of why he does what he does, how it works and also how we can use his techniques and tools ourselves in whichever area of our life that we feel that we need improving or need help with, whether it be in a relationship, a work or any issue that we feel stuck with, his techniques will work with and for performance in general as well. So I hope you enjoy it, I certainly did. Hi Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hi Tilly, thank you for inviting me, absolute pleasure to be with you on this lovely sunny morning. I wanted to start off by asking you about, you have such a wide range of clients, Mm -hmm. so you work with people and children who've had some trauma, elite sports professionals, teachers, educational leaders, CEOs of huge companies, entrepreneurs. And so what is the common trait that runs through all of these people that you work with that allows you to do what you do? It's a good question, really, because it, it is it's such a wide spectrum. If you just look on the superficial, which is what do they do, maybe, what have they gone through? And, you know, some will be more famous than others, others be people that we'd never hear of, but they're going through the amazing successes or amazing trials and tribulations. And also because I work across, I work with over 80 different countries and all major religions, philosophies, so you imagine then the cultures that you can't really calculate how many cultures are within that as well. Sometimes I don't even speak the language and they don't, their first, second or third language is in English. We have sometimes translators. Um, Ages have varied from two two years old to you know eighty five years old you know, and across then just the entire spectrum of people. So in a sense, I often ask myself how <laughs> how can you do how can you work seem, seemingly in the same way with all these different people, uh, and I, I just think it is about what we have in common is that we want to connect. We want to have some some way of understanding ourselves, and often that's done through communicating through another or see, or seeing life through somebody else's eyes, or having somebody stable and grounded to give you um, a sounding board. Not always advice. Often people do not want advice because that can often make them feel like judgment, which is a tricky one. So, what they what what is in common actually is that there generally is something that they want that they know is good for them but they're not receiving fully there's often something in their way it's a blockage and often they don't know what they want they can't see it because the pain is too great in front of them you know psychological or or, or physical so there's something there they want something they don't always know what some are very clear but there's something blocking them getting there and what also is really crucial and this is the difference and this tends to be you know most people I see of course they they volunteer to see me they've got that in it there's an inner drive and if there's an inner drive generally that means it's the first thing which is there is hope it's not always belief often they don't believe they are good enough or they can achieve or they deserve um, but there's definitely hope, otherwise they would never come to see me. Yeah. So even in desperation, there's hope. And is there something that you use for everybody which which does apply to them, improving their well-being and improving their success? 
I mean, you just said, mentioned about blockages. Is that what you look for? You look for that blockage to help them pass through it, yeah. I suppose the first thing which is crucial that enables me to work with quite a wide range of clients, because there'll be other people that are even far more qualified than I am, of course, to, to work with certain clients that I've, I've worked with and had success with. So I work on this premise, and the worst case scenario, what, have I, what is there? And, and for me, it's just understanding, like our evolution, of a fight and flight survival system. And in order for us to feel better and to process things, we like to be able to become calmer and grounded. And so I always work on that as long as we can create some level of a, a mindful and physiological calm, so the brain and the body are kind of more in sync, then we can move on to the mind, which is more of the brain in action. So mm. we see the body and the brain. So I, that's my base level, my anchor, my secure stop, which is we need to be able to have something that allows the person to calm down. When we did a session together, mm-hmm. you used the havening technique mm-hmm. and the tapping. Is that what you mean? So when you find that emotional block and your body is having a physical reaction to it, you use the tapping and the havening to soothe through that? Yeah, I would say that's like the, the strategy above because, I mean, I, I listened to your fantastic podcast with Paul McKenna, who was a pioneer with in this area with... Um, uh, Dr. Ron Rudin and, and, and various others. And even though the, those techniques are really quite simple, once you use them, that's why I love them. They are simple. I use that. I have four or five year olds that teach their parents how to do them. Oh, so when I go into the schools, that's the premise. If they can teach others, then they're, they're proficient themselves. However, before that, I always say, well, what if people will not be able to access these things? And it then comes back to the breath and certain physical things. So, you know, breathing into the diaphragm um, and understanding some basic things like when, when the jaw is clenched, when the teeth are connected, then that can create the chemistry of frustration. Wow, okay. Yeah. And so when you relax the jaw and then it enables better diaphragmic breath, then you change the nervous system into now parasympathetic, which is the calming nervous system. Uh, I actually learned that technique again off um, the guy who invented havening, Ron Rudin. And he was, um, apart from, his family's also dentists as well, I think. Um. <laughs> so they use it quite a lot. But um, yeah, so that is the base. And then from there, it's also relax, feel your feet on the floor. Relax the hands. And as soon as you do that, then everything starts to relax as well. So often people, even though the techniques which aforementioned are amazing, they've allowed me to do my work really to, a, to, the, to the highest degree. They are extra. This is what is at the base of, okay, let, well, why does the body produce a fight and a frustration and anger and is that helpful at that point? If it's not helpful for processing, we need to reduce it. Yeah. So that's where I, I, I start from that. In other words, what, what, what can every single person do? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so when you meet someone, a new client, how do you prepare for that because obviously you don't know what they're going to say it could be a pro golfer it could be a fortune 500 ceo what how, how do you get ready for those people well actually no, it's a, no it's a brilliant question because often first people tend to ask me what tips do i give for people might ask you that later <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of the other way around it's really what what in order to prepare for a session if I'm working with others or training doing coaching for other people who want to be coaches or practitioners uh, actually start with this and you have to start with yourself um, and it should mirror then the work that basically you're also encouraging other people to do your, your clients and friends who have come to see you so first of all for me I do I make sure I relax, I check in, and I will just do the breathing that I just mentioned before, a nice diaphragmic breath. I don't need to get to the point where I'm laying down, <laughs> horizontal yeah. and sleeping, it's not that. It's just healthily relaxed and still with focus. Uh, so I do those those techniques. That's the first thing, because then I know at least my mind is can operate better. Yeah, and how long would you do the breathing for, like if you were um, waiting for a client? Like- gosh. 
You know, it changes because the more that you do this, the quicker the body responds, yeah. which is fascinating. It feels like you're accelerating without rushing. It feels like you're cheating sometimes. Mm. I feel quite good really quickly. So because the more you do it, the more it accumulates to the point that you relax. So, I mean, look, 30 seconds, one minute can right. change your day. Wow. 30 seconds to one minute can change your day. And obviously the more you do, it's, it can have greater compound effects. Yeah. But just that. I often do a technique where we do a time um, for people to change, see how their mind is from a busyness to a calmness. 15 seconds sometimes. Because I just don't have time to do this, Scott. I don't have time. So I did it with some teachers recently. They're really busy. I just, it's hard to get all these techniques in. I said, well, just do this for me. And went through a very basic te the technique I mentioned. Relax the jaw, breathe into the diaphragm. Give me four slower breaths. I have to coach the breath. Yeah. Then I stop the clock, 15 seconds, <laughs> and, they're wow. and they're telling me how much they've already changed. Yeah. So everybody can do it. Uh, so, yeah, so that is preparation, like the, 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 the physical one, first of all, because it's out of respect for evolution as well. It's a fight and flight. It's what keeps us alive. There has to be a high level of negativity and doubt and fear for us to survive. So we have to really respect that system and then say to it, it's okay, I'm in a, I'm in a good place here. And if I really needed to do something, I'm sure you'd kick in, which yeah. it does in 0.2 seconds or something. So that's first of all. And then that allows you really to get to to really what I think that is the, the crucial thing, which is what's, what's my intention. And that is the most powerful thing. It really is. What do I, why am I, why am I there? Why am I, what am I looking to achieve? Not just turning up for the sake of it. I need to know clearly why I'm there because that sets my entire value system. And when it's in tune with my physiology, with my energy, if whatever a person will pick up when they see me, then that seems to be the point where people develop a trust. Um, because there's a, pure, there's a pureness to my intention. I basically want to be able to help them the best that I can and to work myself out of a job <laughs> and to empower them yeah. to whatever they need not what I think they need yeah. it's like people will work themselves out just sometimes with a little bit of assistance and sometimes with no assistance at all so my intention is look, I'll be there I'll, I'll do my best for you I'll fight for you and if I'm not the person to help you I'll do my best to find somebody yeah. or something that, that might help and then it's out of my hands for that you know so it is, it's been in that space to listen and to be completely committed to that person at the time. That means I have to deal with them in my own distractions that come into the mind yeah. and to be very present. Yeah, which is and actually... with that intention and with the calmness, it, sorry, yeah, with that intention and with the calmness, it just blends together and it becomes a habit. I never start a session without being in that space. Yeah. And even when I finished... I go back to that, you know, I bring myself, make sure I'm back down or, oh, do you? <laughs> or yeah. wherever, I, wherever it oh, is. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It, it's good for general conversations and meetings mm. and whatever you want to do, I suppose, with another person to have that kind of preparation before you engage. Yeah. So you're actually, because I presume what you, the most important thing you have to do is listen to people. And so if you're calm and you're relaxed yourself, you can actually mm. hear what they're saying. Yeah, it's another, the other level is that you, you listen, you observe, and there's a conscious observation, but often it's that subconscious observation that gives you the, just an intuitive feeling, ah, okay, there's something there, and I will maybe go back to question that. So you have to, you're just like a detective and a detector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it, it's not as clinical as that. But that's, yeah, to put yourself in that space because often people just don't realise what they're emitting. And yeah. if you're stuck in your own drama trying to listen to them, you you don't hear them, you hear you. And so you then have maybe, you know, you have a prescribed answer. It's, I don't work that way. In fact, quite often with clients, I don't have a full list of what they want to see me about. I used to. And this, I still can't get to grips why this is as successful than when people used to tell me what they wanted. Oh, you mean before they saw you, they would I have say... I a big questionnaire and... Oh, did you? <laughs> I used to, yeah. yeah. And now I don't. And, well, you know... So you literally just read them from the moment they the come time. in? time. Well, yeah. listen to them, observe, listen. Mm. And, and be present for them. And not consciously reading them. 
Mm. Which I, I can see clear telltale sign, you know, if they're breathing and where their breath is. If I want to look, I can see that. And it, it, when you, when you, you know, when you've done, you know, with thousands and thousands of people now one to one, you just become more in tune with it. Yeah. So it's to make sure that you're in tune to to receive it. So would you say, like, if I was trying to explain something to you that I was trying to figure out. Mm. Would you see me like notice that at some points I was breathing more quickly or looking around or eyes flickering or like do you give off people give off physical signs when when there's where the issue is? Can yeah, you sort m- of most see of the time. But some people have a great poker face, <laughs> and so you don't truly know what is in the, what's in the person's mind. When I first meet people, they some can be really paranoid, thinking I'm trying to read their mind or something. <laughs> oh no, I better not say anything. I must sit in a particular way or position. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> because you can do all, the, you might seem as the negative signs or something, and it means absolutely nothing sometimes. Right. So, so you have to understand the person. There's not a definite way this is, you know, body language isn't exactly that type of exact science. Yeah. Um, so I do, I'm just present because you fit. You feel it as much as see it, and you, and then you can. Some things will tell you. You might not be feeling it, and then you see certain physical signs. Then you're like, oh, I might need to pay more attention to that. Sometimes there's no physical signs, but you feel something in the in the way they're saying things. You yeah. Know, they're running a script sometimes that they they're stuck in a script of life, which might be part of the issue. Yeah. Yeah, I know that when I've ever you know done work with you or anyone else. The first thing you do is like go, blah, 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 and then I do this, and then blah, 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 blah. like there's this sort of stream of stuff that comes out. But then, so you have to kind of listen to that and pick out what's important or what you can find is the real issue there. Sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, and sometimes not at all. So quite often when I'm when I'm introducing myself with with a person, because quite often it's the first time that they've ever seen me. Yeah. <laughs> when I work in in schools, some, sometimes the children have been recommended to see me. And that would be really daunting for them. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I don't always just listen to a full stream, actually. But what, anyway, with each person, after my introduction will be, look, there's sometimes you'll be talking and I will ask you to stop talking. And I said, and it'll appear, it might appear to you really rude because maybe you've just offloaded this thing for the first time. Or I said, it's the opposite. I said, what allows me to, to, to help you, to help yourself better, is to understand where there's points where... I can see there's a high level of anxiety or trauma or, or something. Yeah. And at that point, it's crucial because that's when all that resistance and things that are blocking you is taking place. And so quite often then I'll stop and then I'll ask them to say, okay, when you're talking about this particular thing, tell me how you feel. Tell me what emotions are happening right now. And ideally close your eyes because that just changes the world. You go internal then. Yeah. And then people might even close their eyes for the entire session and forget that they've got their eyes yeah. closed. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's not like talk therapy. No, it's and not. And then sometimes okay. it is. It's it's a, it's the psychosensory, which is the um, how the brain and body changes through touch. That comes into it, and that's things like your tapping, emotional freedom technique, and havening, the stroking, and the, and some other ways. And so, it's a very different way of of working people so I didn't expect that quite often the story they were going to tell me they start with it we work maybe even sometimes within the first minute we do some of the breathing and tapping techniques and visualization and changing our language which I'll explain maybe a bit later if you want and then that big issue that they came with is finished so it's like (laughs) it's amazing so it's like you work with this sort of energy energy the emotion and the sort of intellectual concept of the issue and the psychosensory yeah it's work. a bit of everything yeah that's why it's really it's like a buffet <laughs> yeah or making a lovely dish you know quite like, often all the ingredients yeah. are there you can't just pick one out or just work with one so yeah it, it still fascinates me for every single time i'm working yeah. with somebody and with myself yeah but it, and it makes sense that that's why it works because if you just try to purely sort of intellectualize a problem uh, you know, you, you're forgetting about the huge part of your... Your brain has been carried around by your body. If you're just trying to fix the brain, it doesn't, mm. you know... It's not It's not an isolation, your brain, is no. it? No, and also you have to you have to give... This is another thing with the intention part I mentioned earlier on. You have to give the person respect that they can actually... They have the capability to sort this out. It's just sometimes the ways that they do it have not been successful. Yeah. But actually just how incredibly, like, magnificent that the human body brain soul mind is it's 
it's like we are nothing <laughs> you know to yeah. try for me to try and say i know what i'm doing to help fix it's not that like the person self-realization is always going to be the winner but you ha- uh, but the key is to how you help them get to a place that they can access that so the, the energy is definitely like what emotions are taking place and why so they're your sort of indicators of of the problem if you feel like whenever you think about that person or that mm. problem you start physically feeling a bit like stress or you know short of breath yeah yeah that's and, your yeah. body saying this is that's it that's yeah. it and often the person doesn't realize the the range of emotions that they are carrying for that one particular topic yeah. that they're dealing with and so you the other point is that you say okay how do you feel what emotions do you feel and then you might list the emotions I'm anxious i'm really sad i'm angry I'm, oh, I'm quite happy about this. Like, how can you feel all those emotions at the same time? You can't really. Yeah. So you separate them, and then you bring another level of realization to the person. So where do you feel those physically? When you're anxious about this particular topic, where do you feel it in your body? Where is it? And quite often they'll be able to locate the sensation. Oh, I really feel it in my chest, in my gut, in my hands, or, or something. Sometimes yeah. it's the tip of my toe, yeah. <laughs> but generally it's you know, the main part of the body. Um, and then it's like, what intensity, you know, how strongly do you feel it? 10 being the highest, zero being completely neutral. Now that's crucial because now you can see progress and they can see progress. It's subjective to them. So you can work with a person and say, gosh, I feel anxiety 10 out of 10 talking about this. And I can look at them, I can feel what I'm trying to feel and I might only think it's a three. Yeah. That's the point. Like, we're, you know, quite often we, we can't play God on these things. Like, so if they're yeah. saying they feel a 10 and you think, well, it's probably not a 10, but to them it's a 10, what, is that when you do the tapping and the havening yeah, yeah. to reduce the, the, the intensity of the emotion around yeah, exactly, that, that yeah. concept? Yeah. But I never think, sorry, no. I, never, I never think that it's not a 10. Okay, sorry. I just, by observing, if you were to guess, what do you yeah. think it is? Oh, I see. You can't always guess. Yeah. You must have to see thousands of, of people, right? So that's why you have to listen, ask them the questions, and then it's a 10, it's a 10, because it's a 10 to them. To and them. That, and that is the only fact you need to be concerned about. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, and, and when they're at that level, they won't be able to think about the next thing. They won't find their way through it. No. They have no practical solution that they believe in really or even if they've got one and then's the point where I think the breakthrough in my work became the psychosensory which was the the, the tapping uh, which I did way before the havening in fact it was Paul, Paul McKenna interestingly I watched him on some sort of TV thing um, what was it it was like helping people with diet and stop eating chocolate yeah <laughs> it was years ago 2005 or something yeah. I don't know and I was just watching it on TV and I thought, oh, I quite like that. It's interesting. Because I did respect him. I liked him as, a, as, a, as an entertainer as well. And then I went to the biscuit and there's a big packet of digestives. <laughs> and at that stage, I could eat. Yeah, I wouldn't do it now. At that stage, I could easily wolf down a big packet of digestives to myself. <laughs> Gosh. But, and I did it. I did it, the tapping. And I was like, oh, I don't know how you feel like them now. And I probably had about four, you know, instead yeah. of like 20. And I never thought about it again until it, then I started training maybe um, 10 years or so ago, maybe less than that. Oh, really? So I'd already experienced oh, it. Oh, that's it interesting. Weird. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, gosh. And um, so to do those te- techniques, then that's the game changer because that really changes um, how the, the amygdala, the, you know, the fight and flight response in the brain, how that reacts. And that completely changes the different parts of the brain that are going to work and solve your problem. And that to me is just where you just see this change. And then you might go through the technique. You might do 30 seconds to yeah. five minutes or 10 minutes. It depends. And then what do you feel now? If they still feel anxiety, quite often be only five out of 10. Well, that's a ridiculous like chain to go to drop down to a 50% less of that feeling they probably felt all their life. Yeah, from, the, from just doing some simple tapping. Yeah. And so now they can maybe see a way out. And sometimes it's gone and they said, oh, I don't feel anxiety. I'm just really angry. So with the tapping, if someone wants to watch it now or work out how to do it, there are videos. You can just go onto YouTube, right? And have a look at it. 
Absolutely. There's so many. Just because yeah. it's so easy. Mm. You just go on emotional freedom technique, EFT, tapping. Yeah. And it's not like you can do harm with it. Yeah. You know? It's just it's a way. If you were to breathe and just relax doing your breathing, like what harm are you what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> but then yeah. it's like what's the best that could happen and, and people really start to I just get when people even you know clients that I've worked with or sometimes I've got a video I'll just share with them so they can follow along so they feel more comfortable and just even those the results because it's the first time they've been able to often it's the first time they've been able to calm down whilst thinking about that topic yeah yeah and, and that is hugely significant and quite often it gets brushed over it's hugely significant because quite often when people come with a particular issue that's blocking them even if you use the sports person or somebody who's gone through, you know, somebody has gone through childhood trauma or somebody who thinks it's it's worrying about money in the future. It's like quite often those problems and those beliefs start way, way back. Most of it childhood, mm. really. Um, and they've never been able to think so calmly and rationally about that particular issue. Yet mm. within minutes, sometimes, they can. Yeah. So the personal breakthrough there is incredible. And... There's another phenomena that happens. I see it in phobias. Quite often you can help a person that they will cure their own phobia or reduce it dramatically or the problem that they had, the fear and anxiety over public speaking or meetings or a particular person or a particular event. When that's gone and it's disappeared for them, quite often I can ask them how is the, now how has it been, the progress on that particular issue. And they say, Scott, what are you talking about? <laughs> That, you know, you were at fear of public speaking or you had a phobia of heights or when you were taking a penalty, you had all the jitters and you, you used to, you know, your eyes used to twitch. And... What are you talking about, Scott? <laughs> I'd read about this before, but I just thought this can't be true. And wow. it's true. And so, that happened to you, yeah. Yeah, because so when, when, the, when the brain has actually got rid of, a, if there's a big problem that was there, when the brain has then said, okay, that's no longer the problem, it now can decide, does it store it in its memory as a, in its memory as a, as a learning? This is something to learn from. Mm. Or does it say, actually, there's no, no relevance to a bearing on what we're going to do in life now? Mm. And it just gets rid of it. Wow, The same as all the things we are doing now, our, our brains deciding all the short-term sensory yeah. store. And do I store this? Is it important or not? And it then applies the same wow. principle. Wow, so they and literally forget that they even had the issue. Yeah, That's and it, brilliant. it blows my mind. And then, then you have to think about yourself. You think, gosh, how many things did I have that were traumatic in my life when people helped me and that I've forgotten about? Yeah. So because I travel quite a lot around the world, when I go back home home, <laughs> yeah. then sometimes I'll see people from childhood and early friends, you know, adolescence and, and early 20s, and they'll remind you of certain things that you went through and did and that they actually really helped me. Yeah. And sometimes I've forgotten it. Yeah, I've I feel so embarrassed at first, and then as soon as they tell me, then the memories start clicking yeah. in. So, yeah, it's surprising that it's easy to for people to maybe sometimes judge another. Yeah. It's like really look at what's happened in your own, your own life. And, uh, and I guess you get so used yeah. to your kind of issues around things that you just think they're, they're kind of, they're like, they're like the backpack that you're used to carrying on your back full of rocks. You're just used to carrying them around. So you... Mm. You don't even imagine that you can get rid of the problems. I think for me, when I first spoke to any kind of therapist, I thought, I thought, oh my God, this is going to take ages. It's going to take years. This is like serious stuff, not that it particularly was. But you know what I mean? For me, I thought, I'm never going to get, you know, how are we going to do this? And within a few sessions, I was like, wow, okay, yeah. that's It's the self-awareness, like you said, is really works well, doesn't it? And then you just kind of move on to something else. It's amazing. Yeah, and it is it is like that as you describe like a, a bag of rocks that you get so used to carrying you you becomes normal mm -hmm. and you normalize it yeah you know how stressed do you feel on an, on an average day oh only five out of ten yeah okay so can we just check that again on a normal day your average stress a good day is five out of ten yeah yeah okay so yeah so let's pretend we're in your house. It's fifty percent on fire. Which which room shall we sit and talk in? Fifty <laughs> like, percent isn't. Yeah, so you shouldn't be carrying around that level of stress. Well, it's like yeah. you know, should or shouldn't. It's like, is it good? Is it helpful to you or not? Because some stress, of course. Well, we need stress. Without stress, we actually die. Of course, so we need stressors. We need to be stressed. But for me, part of the intention is to help people find the the aspects of unnecessary suffering. 
mm. and then look to um, see how they then can reduce that. Yeah, so if someone's listening now and thinking, okay, I'm a bit stuck in a relationship, I'm a bit stuck with my job, I'm a bit stuck in... what Because that's generally what it is when you don't feel good about something, you, mm. you, you kind of can't wrangle it, can't fi- fix it in your head. Would you say, think about that thing, think about how you feel within one to ten, mm. and then do the tapping and the breathing? Is that how you would... Yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly, if, say if they're not able to see somebody or they're not at that stage where they found somebody or they're ready to talk to somebody, then I, I would I would say some people can't really face, the, they don't want to, depends how traumatic it is, of course. Yeah, I mean, Sometimes say, they don't want to look into it. Even say it's something like just a work thing or you just feel like yeah. you're not getting there or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it would be, just as we said before, in that sense of just notice how you feel when you think about that particular mm. topic. Notice your emotions, and if you can, write them down. Mm. Because instead of playing all the stories in your head, they change and they get trapped. And so to break the, break the change, just write that down. Oh, I feel um, sad, angry, afraid. Okay, then, then list the next thing. Where do, you, where do you feel that in your body? You know, where and oh, I feel it here or there. And then what's the intensity of that emotion that you're feeling? Zero to ten, ten being the highest. Sometimes by people doing that, and I've seen this quite often, if it's something that's it, it, it maybe not the greatest level of trauma to them, to this individual, not, not what I might think or anybody else, then sometimes that would be an enlightened, enlightened stage and they just process it. Wow. No tapping, no breathing, no nothing else. They're oh, wow. Mm. And then they let it go. That doesn't happen frequently, mm. I would say, with the people that come to see me, but it does happen. Now, then let's say that, then to, you know, put some belt and braces on this. And yeah, bring the breathing down, first of all. And get them to relax the jaw. Think about just breathing into the diaphragm so you can kind of see, you know, the stomach, the belly really. If you were lying on your back, if you put mm. a, a book on your on your belly button, mm. you would see the, the every time you inhale the book rising up and then rising and then going back down. That's the kind of diaphragmic breath. And then they already start to change. And then just do some of the tapping. You can tap any of the areas with the side of the hand, you can the top of the chest middle of the eyebrows the top of the head the side of the eyes below the top of the top of the cheekbone below the eyes you you name it really um and you can do some of the havening which is a stroking of the shoulder which is easier to see on the on the, the on youtube um and on the hands you know it, it just it just depends but all these start to change the brain start to change brain waves change your chemistry the stress hormone cortisol it's just even the, even the um, aspects of your DNA, it's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's some really good, um, there's a good YouTube explanation of, of what happens. Um, we can put a link to it. Yeah, so so those basic things. So you're lying on, so you're doing that, you're lying down, you've written your emotions down, the level of the emotions and where you feel it in your body and then yeah. you do the havening, the breathing and then do you go back to it then? Yeah, then yeah. see what it is. Quite often people then won't go back to it because they feel better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to say, well, just put it down because when you see the progression, it's this part, this is yeah. what it is for me. It's like, I did that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. And I moved by, you know, I really changed something. Yeah. It wasn't Scott, it wasn't some of the, yeah, I did that. And you realise what you're, you're capable, how powerful we are, not only to hold things, but able to dissolve things and use it to make us stronger. Yeah. So when I remember when I wanted to start the podcast and I said to you, oh, I want to do a podcast and, you know, I'm not sure exactly why I'm doing it or what I'm doing or, and you talked me through it. And then by after 20 minutes, I was like, right, okay, I know what I'm doing now. How would you, what, what was your process for that mm. for me? Because I reckon that would help people if there's any work area or something that they want to achieve that they can't quite achieve. Yeah. It's quite interesting that you said I talked you through it because I didn't. <laughs> but that's what people sometimes think that I must have. What, what I what I what I. You guided me through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guided you through a process, not to solve your problem. I guided you through a process of how to, um, first of all, notice how you feel when you talk about this topic. 
and then the next part was to so you could see it and you know it was out there and then okay let's see if we can change that um, the physiological response and the emotional response if that's too high and then we did some of the breathing and, and the tapping mm-hmm. and the havening and then so how do you feel now mm. oh okay because then I said well tell me about what you want to achieve because I think I asked you first of all what would you like to achieve and you weren't too sure yeah I want to do this but I'm just not sure and it's all messy yeah it's all messy at that point it's you know you've broken the eggs and the omelette is not in sight <laughs> <laughs> and um and then as you start to be a more a rational side of the thinking comes back and um, more calmness then it was the question what would you like to achieve well I would really like to do this particular thing okay first of all what would that look like so you start to see the pictures and sometimes I'm not sure okay how do you feel now we're talking about yeah. <laughs> and then you go through the same through the yeah. same process okay and you remember obviously without going into any details then it'll offshoot into different areas of your life that seemingly had no relevance whatsoever to this topic and now you really explore and you're finding what is it that is blocking me and, and when did it happen and that's fascinating people mm. find that just I can't believe that related to that and, um, and then we go through the same process well let's yeah. clear it again and yeah, because it's like, why do you think you can't do it? Or why do you think you shouldn't do it? Why? What's making you think that you can't achieve something? Yeah. And that can be, yeah, something from the past, right? Yeah. You don't it, even yeah. have to know what it is. You can just do the tapping and breathing this, and clear it. Yeah. I, I've sometimes done sessions where there's no information. That I don't know the topic. Yeah, because how that, could you be an expert on everyone's subject? You can't. Yeah. yeah. You simply can't. So you have to become more of a specialist on understanding of how to help the person reduce the blockage mm, yeah. <laughs> and then the mind opens up you know and yeah. then the creativity in their soul and now they're mm. now they're painting mm. now they're creating their own masterpiece you yeah. know and and so yeah and then what happens then people sometimes say I don't even want to do that thing why was I thinking that I was doing that for somebody else this is what I want to do for me yeah or I'm not sure what I want to do for me, but now I'm in a good place to explore it. Yeah. So it's the the the, the part. This is why you can't predetermine where you think. Oh, I'm going to do this with the person. This is where they're going, and this is the result we're going to have. Like, no, no, step away because that's not yours. That's theirs. And with um with the mm. sort of peak performance side of the work that you do, yeah. What if for people that just want to improve what they're doing, mm. then maybe not stuck or just want to do better, achieve more, better relationships. What would your, yeah. what are your kind of general tips for that? I think you say that for peak performance, quite often people think of sports maybe. And, you know, I work, so working in that typical peak performance, which is like working with people who become more world champions or Olympic athletes or extreme, you know, sports people, big wave surfers and people in the UFC, Really like extreme, dangerous type of things. Um, and you could say, well, what's peak performance? But it's the same if you're working with somebody who just wants to help improve a conversation with their partner mm. or to understand their partner better or to help their partner understand them better. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of the same this, The same thing. Is Ideally, what would you want to achieve? You yeah. know, what's your, what, just, just pick something out. Okay, I want this particular thing. Cool. If you if you can choose that, yeah. <laughs> peak performers often do know what they want. Right. When people come to you for peak performance, they know what they want. They just don't know how to get it. Right. Okay. So there's something stopping them, even yeah. if they've got all the stages. So that's there's a, there's a bit of a difference. There's quite interesting thinking about it. So, what do you want? What do you want to perform better at? What is it? And then good to know why. Yeah. Really. Well, why do you want to be good at that? That throws so many people. I was going to say, that is a real thrower, yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes people are doing it for somebody else and it can completely change the, the, just their perspective on life. And if, if, it's, if they're very clear what they want, then it's fine. It's just you go then and you carry on that area. And if not, then... And then you say, okay, what is, what's stopping you? What are, and some people are very conscious things. as oh, when, when I was performing back in 2005, then I was, this happened and this happened and I choked or, mm. you know, some people have very clear events and then you work on that event to help mm. clear the event. Uh, and others just say, I just don't feel, you know, I don't feel good enough. Mm. But it's not good enough at the particular technique or strategy for the sport good enough as a person is 
mm. yeah, what it'll come down to quite often. So then you work on that, just rebuilding that inner self-image, mm. which is the most crucial thing, actually, I would say, and for a person as what they see themselves as. Mm. It's really, really crucial. Yeah. yeah, because we're real critics, aren't we? Because you can, you know, you can really give yourself shit <laughs> yeah like yeah. oh you're so lazy or you haven't done that good and well enough or you can really mm. you know you can drive yourself a bit crazy yeah. can't you and that's that's the self-talk and so it's on the same mode thick working on peak performance self-talk so quite often i'll say to the self-talk is crucial i don't want to be misunderstood that i the importance of how you talk to yourself and the things you're going to do your script is crucial what, what I found though, when I'm working with people, I often don't have, I don't have like extended coaching sessions over a year or something mm. or a month. Sometimes I see them once or twice. Really depends. You know, mm. if the problem, that particular issue is gone, then it's gone. And then that's why I go back to how do you feel when you're thinking about this topic? Mm. So I work on both of them. And I'll say, how do you feel? Feel like this. And the script is generally, if it's a negative feeling, you get a negative script. Mm. And then we change, help them process the feeling, process the trauma away, so it's no longer seen as a threat to life, if you mm -hmm. like. And then we say, okay, now let's look at how we change the way we, how you talk. So, you know, oh, I always mess up when it comes to the to the final. I'm yeah. great in the gym, but when it comes to the final, I'm terrible. Okay, what about changing the script to? Uh, I used to really struggle in the finals. But now I'm working my way to really having a strong performance, even greater than I do in the gym, and working pragmatically and understanding how to get my body in tune for that event, and then being able to plan exactly how I'm going to execute my particular performance, yeah. and then seeing after that I'm really nice and calm and in tune with that, and also now that's what I want to do, mm. and I've worked hard for this, and I love it, and I'm going to go for it, mm. and I will carry on talking now, <laughs> because it's yeah. a positive momentum that you've yeah. built. And you want to, if you feel bad and you do negative self-talk, you will build a negative momentum. Yeah. It'll move from everything. I just can't do it. I'm not good. Enough. And I've put too much weight. And it's some. It's this and this. And, yeah. and so they, you talk yourselves out of it or you can talk yourself into it. Wow. <laughs> I found it's a faster process, again, without rushing. You're not trying to, you're not trying to just fudge something here. It's is a process to it. Sometimes it's so quick and other times it takes months, you know, years. Months to kind of retrain yourself. So I see you sometimes getting like a 15 mm. minute phone call. And is that from like someone about to do a match, a golf match or a fight and they just want a quick pep talk with you? Is that what they do? Yeah, sometimes it's, yeah. Ideally you say, let's be prepared. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And we, like, I've had people just before performance give me a call just need to say, I'm really nervous about this. I don't seem to be able to control it. And I then say, okay, well, let's just... I, I don't bother question why can't you and have you done all these things? I say, okay, well, let's do this. Depends how much time we've got. Yeah. If I've got a few days before a performance, I'll say, tell me what you've actually done and then we can... Because you're helping coach and empower. Mm. So I'm not seen as the saviour. <laughs> yeah. Be really careful of that. Um, and so I've done this or I've done that. But if it's too close to the event, yeah, sometimes it's feel really nervous okay well let's just breathe and we relax you know do some whatever it may yeah. be any of the tapping or some other techniques i use so okay now what shall we talk about and 80 percent of the time that's fine scott i'm good and i'm good to go thanks yeah really. yeah they just <laughs> need so, to get out of that sort of physical thing that they're yeah. in sort of anxiety state and it was really strange because i was originally a PE teacher you see and I love these sports motivational talks. I love motivational talks. I used to, you know, and then you see yourself as a coach and why you could help transform your team and the individuals. And sometimes they ask me for that. And the hardest thing I found out, like, it was like getting rid of my own ego and yeah. my dream and my ways. And it was like, well, give it over to them. Like, just reduce the anxiety. And quite often, if you've had enough like, quality coaching before that, then they've already got the they've already got the way and they can do it for themselves and it's way more empowering it's way more powerful and then when they achieve it or whatever they achieve it's theirs mm -hmm. it's theirs and that's what's crucial and if I'm not there they're going to do it they'll be yeah. fine that, and that's what's important to me um, and so yeah peak performance and it's also what's your intention what do you want you need to see it clearly 
it's understanding visualization. If you're really stressed out and you try to visualize a good performance. So when people are public speaking, which is like the, the greatest fear that people have, yeah. <laughs> public speaking. And then um, I'll say, tell me when you picture the audience or how the performance, how the talk is going, let me know. And it's always, well, the CEO is staring at me and this person doesn't like me and I can just see I'm sweating and I'm, I'm from there just dropping my papers or whatever it may be, you know. The, all the, the IT isn't working and it just can't be heard and my voice is... So then you get them to calm down. Yeah. And now you... S- then sometimes you then say, okay, well, let's imagine... You might give them a guide, you know, walking calmly into your place of the presentation. How do you you know, set it up. What's your body posture? Where are you breathing at this point? Is, where's the position of your head? Are you hiding down to not look at anybody in the audience? Or do you look at people in the audience and, and your, your, your clients and just smile? And, but then get on with your work because you, you need to get more, you know, finish your preparation. And then you go through all these very practical, pragmatic steps. Because then when it happens, they've got a, a good picture. And if, some, if the surprise happens... They only have to deal with the surprise, not all the other stuff they've carried in, the bag of rocks they carried in with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same as somebody's walking to a performance, like the cage or the ring. The walk down, the, the time in the dressing room, and, you know, yeah. when the name is being called out, or if they're at the blocks for the 100 metres, or, you know, this kind of thing. Break it down into little steps. So there's no, no massive surprises, and they only have to deal with yeah. what comes. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's amazing because that works like across the board with whatever you want to do. Exactly. And amazing that so even just to visualize it for a few minutes actually can have a huge impact on what how it goes for you. You just have to visualize it going well yeah. basically. Yeah, and if you, if you don't see it it's very difficult to to be drawn to what if this is what generally happens when people are stuck in a negative self-feeling, negative self-talk. They'll have negative pictures. And bizarrely, we're drawn towards that. It's like, it's almost equivalent of, you know, don't think of red wine, don't think of red wine, yeah. don't, do whatever we do, don't drink, don't think of red wine. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in a... Yeah, swigging <laughs> a massive glass of it, yeah. yeah. And, yes. and, and their brains are like, well, you're giving me the image, so I'm drawn towards the image. Yeah. I've got to go to the image before I can change it. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, we'll put in there, you know, the things that you want to achieve and, and you know, why do you want to do it? Then how are you going to do it? And that, that's really, you get to the, quite often the feeling of emotion comes up first. So like choking in performance. So people, this applies to any performance, you know, or anything that you see as an activity you want to be better at. You generally get the emotion first. So let's say reduce the emotion. And now I say, well, what picture, what does it look like? What do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And that's really crucial. Yeah. That's the bit where now you then say, how? How do we do it? But what I've found is the temptation in, in coaching is to say, this is how you do it. Quite often you see parents, this is how you do it. And it's like, well, you, they, it's okay, but you've got to help them take away, help them prepare that first barrier, reduce the barrier to, you can't take away everything, what's the mm. point? There's no level of striving if everything's so easy. But reduce it enough so they can have a go. And then, it's like, do you know what you're doing? Explain to me what you're going to be doing. I know this bit. I'm not too sure about this other part. And then you start to prepare. This is how we do it. We make it pragmatic, same as we learn anything. Mm-hmm. That's why we have curriculums at, at schools. There's stages to, to that learning to the point that they become independent. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so and anything. And you go all the way back and you say, well, first of all, you know, you've got to do this thing <laughs> for whatever reason. Okay, now how do you feel? That's, is that too much to be able to ocu- operate our visualization? Because if you can't do it when there's no none of the extra pressure and stresses of crowds and people, if you can't do it by yourself, then you're going to really struggle when you get to the actual arena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever that arena is for you. Mm. Um, and so you've got a bit of time where you can prepare. And mental rehearsal uh, is just so, so superior to almost anything you can do mental rehearsals see it and then the brain's already creating the proprioception it's already coordinating the body before you even um, you know it's very 
Amazing. It's undisputed in sports psychology, I would say, yeah. for sure. You can do it for anything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Gosh, it's amazing. It, I, what I love about what you do is that you can help people with trauma, you can help children struggling at school, you can help teachers that are trying to control a class, you can help UFC fighters win, you can help golfers get... It's, it's incredible what you do. It's fascinating. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like people thing, really. I don't, yeah, I don't see it like that myself. I... Um, yeah, how do I explain it? Um, it's like I used to say, you know, everybody's got a head. Yeah. <laughs> it implies got a brain and a mind. <laughs> We've got a body. It's like, okay, we'll start with that. And I don't want to own any of their successes either. It's great to be a part of it, but yeah. the greatest thing is like when people are released from their particular thing, whatever it is. Some are very obvious of, you know, horrendous sort of like abuse and that's plagued them and it stays with them unless they're able to process it out and, and move on. It's hard to say that there's any greater feeling than when you see somebody become free from that. Yeah. Um, and then when you go on to other things like performance, it, it's just great that you just see them enjoying life mm. and having a go. And it's also when you see them equivalent of um, make the mistakes and fail at that particular thing right now what do you do because that's life mm. yeah. <laughs> there's no you know sometimes we're with people and they the win performance will go up and then the next minute they're not doing so well so yeah. start they're not winning and then eventually whatever they'll find their they'll yeah. find their level but it's them finding their own path their own life and that yeah the, you see that the independence and empowerment comes yeah. through yeah Lovely to empower people. That's just the best thing you can do, isn't it? Mm. Makes for a happier world. Yep. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> You're so brilliant. If people want to get hold of you and talk to you, what's the best? Email, website? I'll put it on on the show notes. Probably, um, yeah, website and email. Yeah. So I'll give you the, I'll give yeah. the links. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please take a moment to rate or review the show and also share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it. You can follow me on Instagram at Tilly at Home With or email me tillyathomewith at gmail.com.